Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. So 30 years, started with 70 people, thousands now, call Rivers their home. Had an income at that time of 18,000 rand a month with bills of 22,000. <laughs> How many of you know when your outgo exceeds your income, your upkeep becomes your downfall? But that didn't happen here. Now, this great church owns 380 million rands of property. Now, now, yeah, yeah, get, I want you to understand what 380 is. 380 million, 380, and six zeros after that. How many of you know one zero before the decimal can change your life? And here we are, because God has done miracle after miracle, but the question that I want to struggle with you today is, so what does a pastor do? I mean... Okay, so he gets up here and he preaches and Pastor Wilma preaches and they pray over us. But, I mean, they got people. What, what do they actually do? I remember Debbie, my younger daughter, uh, she was, I think, in first grade or something like that. And they had this day off. Uh, what does your parent, what do your dad do? It was that kind of thing. So when it comes to her... Her teacher asked her, what does your dad do? And she said, I was a pastor at that time, pastoring church in Michigan. And she said, my dad talks. <laughs> but the thing that we have to understand this morning is that a pastor as a vocation sees more of the wear and tear of life than any other professional. Uh, you go to a doctor because you've got physical needs. You go to an attorney, a lawyer, because you've got legal needs. You go to a car mechanic because your car is acting up. You, 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 you have an electrician because you have electrical needs. You have, get a plumber because you've got plumbing needs. But a pastor, they see you from the womb to the tomb. <laughs> they see you when babies are being born and when your mama is dying. They see you when you're healthy and they see you when you're in the hospital. They see you when you're getting married. They see you when you're getting divorced. They, they see you when they're dedicating your babies, and they see you when you are dealing with unsaved kids. They see you when you have a job, and they see you when you don't have a job. They see you when you are doing amazing in your business, and they see you when you're struggling in your business. They see you when you can rent your house, your apartment, your property, and they see you when you are being evicted from the same thing because you cannot make the... They see the wear and tear of life more than anybody else. And it never stops. It's not like people take, you know, like you can get sick on Tuesday. No sickness on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It is nonstop, 365 times 30. Uh, you can pull out your handy-dandy calculator and they have been on the whole time. And that is why it's important to know what does a pastor 
do. I'm going to take you on a journey this morning in the next 30 minutes or so of Pastor Paul. Acts chapter 27 and 28. The scriptures will come up there in just a moment. The story is Paul is a prisoner on a ship heading toward Rome. He's going to be tried by King Agrippa very soon. And there's a storm by the name of Euroclidon that shows up. There are 276 people on this ship. And somehow Paul, because of who Paul is, ends up being like a pastor to them in the middle of the storm. And as he's going through the storm, I want to point out 10 things to you that a pastor does. Yes, I can do 10 in 30 minutes. <laughs> Number one is found in Acts chapter 27, verse 21 through 22. So remember, they're in a storm. They are troubled for their lives. And this is what it says. No one had eaten for a long time, but finally Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left fair havens. You wouldn't have avoided all this. Injury and loss. But do what? Cheer up. Everyone together, but? One more time, but? Not one of us will lose our lives, even though the ship will go down. The number one thing is, pastor brings an encouraging word in the middle of the storm. Now, you got, in the last three years or so, have we not had a global storm? Call it whatever you want to call it, but we went into lockdown. Shelter in place, shutdown, whatever you want to call it. So it's not like... They were quarantined. Pastor Wilma, Pastor Andre were quarantined somewhere, enjoying their life on somewhere else, and we were struggling. They were struggling, and in the middle of their own struggles, they're not quarantined from it. They are not immune to it. In the middle of their own struggles, they say, be of good cheer, but cheer up. Now, now sometimes people think that, you know, pastors are people who... Pray all day long, study the word all day long, and they live in the bubble and have no idea what the people are going through. And every Sunday, every service time, God pops them out of there and they show up here with a halo. A lot of times they show up with a headache, not a halo. So the first thing a pastor does is Encouraging word in the middle of the storm. Number two is, pastor hears from God and passes it on. Pastor hears from God and passes it on. Acts chapter 27, verse 23 through 25. For last night an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God has granted your request, the pastor's request. We just prayed over request, right? He has granted your request and will save the lives of all those sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God and it will be just as he said. The second thing a pastor does, he hears from God and passes it on. You've got to understand that 
a pastor does not stand up here. Pastor Wilma, Pastor Andre don't just stand up here and fill up 35 to 38 minutes with some kind of a scriptural teaching. They have heard from God and passed it on. Now, I wish I had known this earlier. I would have received it differently. Because if I understood then what I understand now, that when your pastor stands up and says the word of God, it is not just them preparing something cute, something nice, something trendy, but it is hearing from God exactly what we need. How many of you ever come to church here and you heard a word that was just spot on exactly where you were? Can I see your hands? Now, 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 now understand this. Understand that this is what happens. Can I tell you what really happens? He speaks the word, she speaks the word, and something happens between here and your year. Because many times have not people walked up to you and said, when you said such and such thing, and you know you didn't say it. Has that not happened? But that is the transformative power of God's anointing. So they are speaking what God has given to them, but somehow between here and there, something happens and God, Holy Spirit drops on your life. And that is when, when you come to church and sit where you're sitting and receiving, you got to understand it's not just somebody spitting, somebody yelling, somebody talking. It is God's word that is weaving itself through your circumstances, through your situations, and finding its home in your heart. Number three, pastor gives good and bad news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are going to build the building, but. Uh-huh. Acts chapter 27, verse 26. But we will be shipwrecked on an island. See, we are living in an age and, and stage of church that all we want to do is to come to church for someone to make us happy. Tell me something that will just pump me up. Now, from time to time, we can have a pep rally. From time to time, we can have hip, hip, hooray. Well, I want to tell you, for every one of those, there are 10 ways of in which, God, if you don't say a word to me, if you don't show up today, I don't know what I'm going to do. I can tell you how many times I've preached at different places or spoken at conferences, and I've had pastors and lay leaders come up to me and say, you know, I was ready to kill myself till I heard that word. Now, you've got to understand, it was nothing about what I said. Oh, there's a God. Somebody needs to know. There's a God who loves you and says exactly what you need to know at that space and that time of your life. So a pastor is called upon to once in a while encourage us and once in a while spank us. Can we just talk about this and pretend they're not here? How many of you have ever been spanked by Pastor Andre, Pastor Wilma? Can I see your hands? Of course you have been. It's like I don't like her. I don't like him. Wish they were not calling me out like that. And so we, what do the pastor do? You know, there's no way they want to preach a message in which there'll be bad news. 
But that's what God says. So they do both good and bad. Number four, pastor warns people of dangers. Acts chapter 27, verse 30. Some of the sailors plan to abandon the ship and lowered the emergency boat, what the next two words? As though. Pretenders, not at rivers, but pretenders. They were going to put out anchors from the prow. But Paul said to the soldiers and commanding officers, you will all die unless everyone stays aboard. Hmm. So can I just unpack this for you? So while all this is going on, there are some sailors who know there are some life rafts in the back. It's dark, and they are kind of slipping it down so they can get away. Pastor Paul has a prophetic insight. He says to the captain, hey, on the other side of the ship, people are trying to run away from this church. And they need to know the only way they will stay saved is if they stay with the ship. I'm here to say to somebody, stay with the ship. Oh, yeah, you'll have every opportunity to leave the ship, but stay with the ship. And, and, and they are pretending. Can, can I tell you, I've been in church all my life. My, my father was a pastor, a founding pastor of a spiritual church. I was born to the family. I have pastored before the Lord came and delivered me, set me free. Oh, he let me out early for good behavior. <laughs> You're going to do life. <laughs> and, and church folk, church folk will say things like, when they're about to leave a church, they'll say things like, uh, as I was praying, <laughs> or my season, <laughs> or... I'm feeling led. If I was to ever pastor a church again, heaven forbid, I'd be a terrible pastor. I just don't have that grace in my life anymore. It's like, no, you can leave. <laughs> you can go. You can go now. I'm, we don't have to wait for the prayer at the end. You can leave right now. This is a good time for you to go. <laughs> but if, 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 if I was to pastor a church again, I'd give every new person a pencil. That way they can always feel led. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> this church was perfect at four o'clock in the morning. Till you walked in. Uh, let me repeat what I said Friday night for uh, one sentence. If you find a perfect church, don't go there. Because as soon as you go there, <laughs> we'll be perfect no more. Number five. Pastor encourages celebration in the middle of the storm. Pastor encourages what? Celebration in the 
middle of the storm. Acts chapter 27, verses 33. As the darkness gave way to early morning light, Paul begged everyone to eat. You haven't touched food in two weeks, he said. Please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair of your head shall perish. Oh, that's, a, that, that's a, such an important thing you have to understand, that in the middle of the storm, when there's no reason to celebrate, and everyone's asking you, have you watched the news? Have you heard what they are saying? Do you not know? And you think your pastors are tone deaf. Now, how could they preach this, ask for this, challenge us to do that? I mean, don't they know? Can they see what's wrong with us? But Pastor Paul is teaching us in the middle of the storm, Aren't you glad you have pastors say, I know there's a storm, but we also know there's a God. I know there's a problem, but I know he's still the answer. Let's celebrate, let's celebrate, let's celebrate what God is doing in and for our lives. So you know what a pastor does? He simply says, hold on. Everyone together. One, two, three. One more time. Oh, let me say it like you mean it. One, two, three. There'll be many things in life that will try to pry your faith, pry your relationships, pry your love for each other, pry your anointing in your life. But you God say to yourself, does not matter what's going on in my life. I trust God. He's a real God. He's always been there for me. His history in my life is impeccable. He's a faithful God. He's a loving God. He's a merciful God. He's a graceful God. He's an all-powerful God. I will... Hold on. Mm. Number six. Pastor brings favor on the people. Acts chapter 27, verse 42. The soldiers advise their commanding officer to let them kill the prisoners, lest any of them swim ashore and escape. But Julius Get this now. Wanted to spare who? Paul. He wanted to spare not all the prisoners, but he wanted to spare the life of Pastor Paul. So he told them, no. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard and make for land. Oh, I want to say to you that due to favor on pastor's life, you have favor on your life. <laughs> if the pastor is blessed, you are blessed. If the pastor is favored, you are favored. So, so, so whatever is happening in the pastor's life transcends on you. So the, the, the centurion, the, the soldiers wanted to kill the, the prisoners, but because there was favor on Pastor Paul's life, because there's favor in Pastor Andre's life, because there's favor in Pastor Wilma's life, we get to get favor on our life. And sometimes it's not about you, it's just what God is doing in their life, and it trickles down into our life, and we have favor in our our life because as goes the pastor with favor so do we <laughs> and that's why 
A blessed pastor has blessed people. Church folk, church folk. Can we talk about church folk? I can talk about them because I, I, I is one. <laughs> See, well, church folks say negative things about pastors with innuendo. We, have, we are very good at that. And, 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 and we'll say things like, have you heard? Have you noticed? Do you think? And church folk, because we don't want to just create something, we go, you know, the Christian way. We go, <laughs> when in doubt and you don't know what to say, go, <laughs> this might help somebody's marriage right here. I want to say to reverse church, a very simple way of dealing with it. Whenever, so, and you know this happens in the parking area, happens in the restrooms, happens in the foyer. Uh -huh. That's where all this happens. I'm going to show you what you need to do. Look that person straight in the eye, make eye contact. And look at them. Put your hand out there like this and say, we don't do that here. We don't do that here. We don't do that here. No, we, because, because their favor is on me. And you're messing with my favor now. We don't do that. Okay, let's practice that because you might have an opportunity even this morning. Okay, get your hands, get your hands ready, get your hands ready. One, two, three. We don't. A little, I need a little bit more attitude. <laughs> so pretend like uh, uh, you are in a parking area and uh, there's an open space, you're waiting there with your blinker on and somebody from the other side comes and takes your parking space. So a little shaking of the neck and the shoulders and the eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, two, three. Let's do that one more time. One, two, three. So no more. <laughs> we simply look them right in the eye, get close up so they can smell your bad breath. You know, when we had masks, it didn't have many benefits, but one benefit it had. Number seven, number seven. They all made it to land. Acts chapter 27, verse 44. And the rest to try for it on planks and debris from the broken ship, so everyone escaped safely ashore. Everyone made it to land. The story continues in Acts chapter 28. So now they swim, they're shipwrecked, they, they end up in an island called Melita. Now Melita is inhabited by non-Jewish people, they call them barbarians, basically non-Jewish people, and now they're on this island in Acts chapter 28, and, and, and they are shipwrecked over there. Verse number eight. In the course of doing good, bad happens. So here's the story. Oh, let's, let's go ahead and read it. 
Acts chapter 28, verse 3 and 4. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks to lay on the fire, a poisonous snake, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. So what's a pastor doing? Now you've got to understand, uh, there's a preface for this. Uh, this is Paul the Apostle. I mean, this is a guy who has all the PhDs behind his name. He sat at the feet of Gamaliel. I mean, this, this, this is a man who has planted so many churches. He's been an evangelist to the then-known world. And you know what we find him doing? He's not saying, hey, I'm the apostle. You get some sticks over there. You get some sticks. Guess what we find Pastor Andre and Pastor Wilma doing? They find a need and they are just picking up sticks, picking up sticks, picking up sticks, not because they have to, but because that is the call on their life. But in the middle of doing good, a two-legged snake <laughs> bites them. Here's, I think, an important thing for to, us to remember. In the midst of doing good, bad can happen. This is what I've learned in church. The people who help the most will be the first to leave. People who help the most <laughs> become entitled and become complainers. So there they are picking up sticks. Aren't you glad you have the best stick picker-uppers in the house? Mm -hmm. But then the story goes on, verse 9. So the snake has bit him. It is onto his hand, verse 9. People are watching how the pastor handles the bite. 28 and 5 of Acts. But Paul did what? Shook off. Everyone says shook off. Mm-hmm the snake into the fire and was unharmed. So this is what happens. Whenever there's stuff going on, guess everybody is watching how they're going to handle the snake bite. And I'm here to encourage you, Pastor Wilma and Pastor Andre, you've had snakes before, you're going to have snakes again. Just do what Paul did. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Okay, everyone get your hands out there. One, just watch me. Watch. It's just simple, very simple. One, two, three, what? One more time. Shake it off. One more time. Uh, let me see if you got the lesson so far. Okay. You got it? Okay, let, 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 let's do the first one. Number one is what? Good class, good class. So once in a while, if you know some stuff is going on, and you see Pastor Wilma, Pastor Andre out there, you don't have to walk up and say, I'm praying for you. Just, just 15 feet away. Just look at them and go. <laughs> Shake it off. Number 10. People keep changing their mind about the pastor. Acts chapter 28, 4 and 6. The people of the island saw it hanging, it being the snake, hanging there and said to each other, ah, a murderer, no doubt, 
Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. The people waited for him to begin swelling or suddenly fall dead. But when they had waited, how? A long time. And no harm came to him. Everyone say the next five words together. They changed their minds and decided he was a... <laughs> One minute he's a murderer. Next minute he's a god. And that's the life of a pastor. One Sunday, you're the best. Next Sunday, I'm not being fed. Well, eat for yourself. One Sunday, pastors are liked. Next Sunday, pastors are disliked. One Sunday, they are loved. Next Sunday, I'm feeling led. And that's what church folk do. They change their mind. But in the middle of it all, I want to encourage Pastor Andre and Pastor Wilma to know you're not a murderer, you're not a god, but you are God-sent stick picker-upper. So keep picking up those sticks, keep picking up those sticks, keep picking up those sticks, keep picking up those sticks. Because when you pick up those sticks, we have light. When you pick up those sticks, we have warmth. When you have pick up those sticks, uh, we can come out of the cold. When you pick up the sticks, we can hear God's word. When you pick up those sticks, our bodies are healed. When you pick up those sticks, our finances are blessed. When you pick up your sticks, uh, those jobs are there. When you pick up those sticks, our businesses grow. When you pick up those sticks, we are fed. Keep picking up those sticks. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.